Turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, in verse 9. And I want to say how honored we are to have our guests with us this morning. So good to have you ladies with us today. So good to see you. It's, I've been told you work with Blaze, is that right, at Bendix? Blaze and Chris. I'm so sorry. I'm just teasing. We'll pray for you. <laughs> no, they are they are good, good young people, and uh, so so honored to have you with us today. Thank you for being with us in Jesus' name, and so good to have everybody else with us. Good to have our men back with us after our men's conference this weekend, and man, we had a great time doing manly things and worshiping God together. And, and I tell you, there is, there are few things as powerful as when a group of men get together and they close out everything else going on in their world. They worship God together. You hear, you know, a room full of 300 men singing and praising God and shouting unto God, worshiping and preaching, and it's a, it's a powerful thing. And I know that we were touched of God, spoken to by God, and uh, so I'm thankful. And uh, I want to say a great big thank you to everybody that has been helping with these projects around the church. And uh, my wife and I were talking this morning. I think we've been in remodeling projects since at least early November of last year. And, uh, man, it is it has been work, but it is so worth it. It has been so worth it. It may not have felt worth it when your back's aching and your knees are hurting and you're tired and I don't know about you. I just don't operate very well on five hours of sleep a night. And uh, so I'm looking forward to getting some good sleep. And uh, I, I will tell you, when my head hits the pillow, I'm out. And that's why I missed the phone calls. And uh, But it's, it's coming together. So thank you for all of your hard work. Thank you for your long hours. And I was reminded of the Old Testament, Nehemiah said the people had a mind to work. And uh, I believe we're, we're preparing things and for new souls. And uh, I don't say that to try to sound super spiritual or like we're trying to make meaning out of working long hours, but I believe that, that God honors our work. And this is the house of God. And I want the house of God to be a place of beauty, a place that honors God. And uh, that kitchen honors God. Yeah, I got a, I got a message last night from a friend of mine. And he said, man, is that really your church kitchen? So I had to FaceTime him because I was in the hallway working and I said well I'm just going to prove it to you and uh, they're just blown away just blown away and that's exciting it's exciting and uh, after church today 
make your way down to the breakfast room and, and poke your head in there. That has been by far the quickest re remodel project since November. And, uh, man, we got a new floor laid in there. Took us, I think, eight or nine hours. And, uh, man, we knocked it out. And it would have been less than that, but we ran into a couple of things like you do in remodeling projects. We, we got back last night. Well, what time did we get here, Brother Heath? Six? Six o'clock. And 97% uh, of the trim is done in there because the old trim was dingy. And so, you know, the other day, I said, we're just not going to do that. We're not going to try to match it. We're just going to tear it out. So we tore it out. We put new trim in. And uh, 97, 95, whatever. There, most of the trim is done. And uh, it's looking great. It's looking great. So thank you for all of the help. Everything that you've done. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. All right, let's preach. For somebody that's trying to save his voice of being awful chatty. Hebrews 13 and verse 9 says, Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 8 says, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they might all be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I'm going to preach this morning the safety of sound doctrine. The safety of sound doctrine. And I know some of you have heard this before, and so I just do me a favor and act surprised and uh you just preach with me and we're gonna we're, we're teeing up for tonight okay so you can't really just hear this message and without hearing what we're gonna preach tonight okay and uh in fact i've been so excited about it that i was i, I got a hold of the wheelbanks and said hey i've been chewing on this and he said man you got to preach that so we're gonna preach it tonight and i was gonna preach it anyway but <laughs> I'm not preaching it because he's had to preach it. Safety of sound doctrine. Let's put our Bibles down. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Jesus, I love you, and I thank you for all that you've done. I thank you for all that you're doing. God, I pray that your will would be done in this place today. God, I thank you for every individual who is here. God, I pray that you would move in our lives. God, we want to draw closer to you. That's why we are in church today. Because we want to draw closer to you, God. We acknowledge that fact. We know that's why we are here. I know as the pastor of this church that that is why we are here. And so, God, I'm not preaching today from a spirit or standpoint of condemnation. But, God, we're preaching today for it with a love for your word, with a love for your truth, a love for your spirit. 
God, I pray that you would have your way in each and every one of our hearts and each and every one of our minds, and we will be quick to give you all of the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise. God, we magnify your name. Why don't we clap our hands this morning unto him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God is so good. You can be seated. Safety of sound doctrine. I know that we are not unfamiliar with Hebrews chapter 13, and we're not unfamiliar with, with 2 Thessalonians, that portion of Scripture that we, we ended our opening text with. But we can't just cherry pick. We can't, we can't use the Word of God like uh, a farmer's market where we can go through and we can search through the bins of fruit and vegetables and we pick out what we don't want. I mean, if you don't pick out what you don't want in a farmer's market, then you're not doing something right. Uh, because that's just kind of what you do. You go through, and if there's a, a tomato with a soft spot, you don't buy that tomato. If there's a, a, a bin of, of strawberries and half of them are mush and they got white mold growing on them, you don't buy that box of strawberries. It just makes good sense, right? If you're walking through Walmart, if that's where we buy our fruits and vegetables, you know it, times are tough. But uh, you're walking through there and the bell peppers are rotten and I don't buy fruits and vegetables. My wife does that. So, I mean, it's just, that's what she's turning around talking about right now. He doesn't buy any of that stuff. Yeah, you're right. I don't. You're right. I, I grew up on an 18-acre produce farm. I've had my hands on enough fruits and vegetables for my entire life. But that we can't approach the Word of God that way. We can't walk into the Word of God. No, Metaphorically speaking, we can't walk into the Word of God and say, you know what, I really like this part. I really love the book of Psalms, and I do. I really love the book of Proverbs, and I, so I, that's just what I'm going to ingest. And I'm, I'm only going to read the parts that make me feel warm and fuzzy. I like feeling warm and fuzzy. I told my wife last night, I'm coming to church tomorrow in sweatpants and a hoodie. I dare somebody to say something. Obviously, I was joking, sort of. But I can't just cherry pick what I love. I can't just just reach in and, and pull it out and say, man, I, I really love this part because it makes me feel good. I, I can't just look at the Word of God and say, man, I, I'm, only, I'm, I'm going to avoid the parts that challenge me. Listen, folks, we are human. We have things we have to work on. The word issues is a little... Uh, strong this morning but we do we have issues we've got problems and i don't say issues to make us feel like dirty rotten sinners but listen some days we are just dirty rotten sinners when somebody cuts me off in traffic i'm feeling pretty dirty i'm feeling like a rotten sinner some days they better be glad that my truck's got company lettering on it Some days I feel like a dirty, rotten sinner. So I'm just going to read the Bible and the parts that make me feel warm and fuzzy. And I'm going to read the Psalms where David prays that God would break the arms of his enemies. God, I pray that guy that, guy that just come, just break his arms right now. Oh, this guy's great. I am great. But anyway, I can't just cherry pick the Word of God and just, just pull out the bits and pieces that, that I like 
and the bits and pieces and the stories that I love and and the, the things that, you know, we, we can read Job and we can either get depressed or we can really start feeling good about ourselves. Like, well, you know what, at least my family's not been destroyed and I haven't lost everything and so on and so forth. But we can't approach the Word of God like a farmer's market where we're just picking things out and we're setting some things off to the side and we're only ingesting the things that are pretty and the things that make me feel good. And so Paul, we believe it's Paul, is writing to the Hebrew church in chapter 13 and verse 9, and he's admonishing them, saying, be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. There are going to be things, there are going to be strange doctrines that filter through the world. There are going to be ideas that are presented in the world. And we're not talking about the world as in a globe. We're talking about uh, the world as a system, a sinful system. The system of the world is not God-loving. The system of the world is not Christian-based. In fact, even this great country that we love, was founded by men who we call Christians, but they were really theists. Which means that they believed that God existed, but God was not involved with the lives of His people. We are not just minions and puppets, and God is not a puppet master, and God is not separated from us. The Word of God says that He is well acquainted with our sorrow. He's well acquainted with our grief. He is an advocate, which means that he is able to understand where we are coming from because he walked for 33 and a half years in the flesh that he created. And so we cannot be carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. There are going to be doctrines that not only filter through the world, but there are going to be doctrines that filter through the church world. And so... We have to know what we believe, why we believe it. You don't just believe it because your pastor preaches it. That might be an okay place to start, but that, that's not going to carry you through life. Young person, it's not going to be enough that, that you come to church and you just live uh, a, a holy separated lifestyle because pastor preaches it. No, you got to know for yourself that pastor's not just full of hot air. That pastor's preaching and teaching because this is the Word of God. And so we cannot be carried about. We could be, but we shouldn't be carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. For it is a, it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. We have got to understand that there is safety in the Word of God. There's not safety in man's teaching. There is not safety in man's theology. There is no safety in man's philosophy. But there is safety in the Word of God. The Word of God is absolute truth. In Him is no variableness. That means He's not changing. In Him is no shadow of turning. God is not in heaven changing his mind about what is right and what is wrong. There are things that were established from the beginning of creation as right and as wrong. And those things are still right and those things are still wrong. There is no variableness. There is no shadow of turning. And so there is safety 
in sound doctrine. If there is a belief system that is floating through the world, it's, it's moving across the airwaves, and it doesn't line up with the Word of God, the Bible calls it strange doctrine. It's strange doctrine. It's not godly doctrine. The importance of loving sound doctrine. Say, well, that's a pretty strong word. It is a strong word. But God is love. And that's where we focus a lot is that God is love. That's where the world focuses is that God is love. And He is. But He also said, Be ye holy, for I am holy. He's not just love. He's also holy. So we live in a world that says you can, you can do whatever you want to do. You can live however you want to live. If it feels good, you can do it. You only live once. YOLO. You did not think you're going to hear a pastor preach that this morning. YOLO. You only live once. You only die once, too. I don't remember what it was. Somebody said yesterday. I don't remember. But you hear it. Hey, y'all, watch this. That's a redneck's famous last words. Look, mom, no hands. You only live once. You only die once. So I can't just go around doing whatever I feel like doing and expect that, that God's just going to protect my ignorance and stupidity. There's, there is safety in sound doctrine. I've got to fall in love with the Word of God. The Word of God is going to keep me when the world is falling apart. When the world is going to hell in a handbasket. I know that's an old saying, but it still applies. When the world is just, it's losing its mind and everybody is, is running in fear and everyone is, is running in chaos and, and they're not sure what's going to happen overseas. And, and I'm not negating what's happening overseas. I'm not trying to minimize what those folks are going through, but, but my worrying about how it's going to end is not going to add a day to my life. Life. And so, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying that we pray. I'm saying that we fast. I'm saying that we respond spiritually to natural events and that we trust God and that we dig into the Word of God because the Word of God is a firm foundation. The Word of God is what is going to give me peace in my mind when everyone else is losing their peace, when everybody else is falling by the wayside, when everybody else is running scared. I don't have to run scared, but I can be assured that the Word of God has, has stood the test of time. There have been attempts to destroy the Word of God, yet the Word of God still exists. There has been an effort to keep the Word of God from the hands of the common man, but yet the Word of God is in our hands today. There is safety in the Word of God, and there is safety when I fall in love with the Word of God. What does that mean, Pastor? That means that I'm going to do things for something that I love that I would not do for anything else. 
That means that when I read the Word of God and it begins to rub me the wrong way and it begins to challenge my thought process, it begins to challenge my nature, that I don't throw the Word of God in the trash can, but I begin to pray and I begin to say, okay, God, I know that this is what you want for my life because you wouldn't have written it otherwise. And so, God, I need you to help me. I need to bring my carnal worldly nature to you again and God I need you to mold me I need you to make me I need you to shape me David said create in me a clean heart oh God renew a right spirit within me when did David write that David wrote that when he had been presented with his sin prophet Nathan came and he called David for what he was David you're an adulterer and you're a murderer. David was smitten in his heart. He could have gotten angry. He could have snapped his finger and had a guard come in and drag the man of God away to the dungeon. He could have had him beheaded in his private quarters. But instead, when presented with the Word of God that David loved, David was also the man that said, Thy word, have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against God. But when sin came and he was presented with it, he said, create in me a clean heart. My heart's not clean right now, God. My spirit's not right. Renew a right spirit within me. There is safety in sound doctrine. And there will always be strange doctrines. There will always be things that begin to float through the church and there will, and through the world. There will be fads and there will be, uh, we talked about it yesterday, uh, the, the men and I did on the way back, that, that there, are, there are podcasts and there are voices that are out there and, and that you have to be very careful with, with what you're putting into your spirit. You have to be careful with, with what you're ingesting and what you're allowing. Just because somebody's got a microphone and just because somebody's got a video camera does not mean that I need to be listening and watching to them. You know, we, we entered into a global pandemic and there were all kinds of people that started podcasts. And a lot of them were good. A lot of them are good. Some of them are not. I had a friend of mine, he, he commented on one of the posts. He said, you know what I'm sick and tired of? He said, everybody buys a microphone and a camera and they become experts about everything. Just because somebody's got a microphone and a camera does not mean I should listen to them. And so if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, not just the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law. What is the spirit of the law saying what I, I know that there are things that are not written out in black and white in the word of God but the spirit of God's word says no that's still right and that's still wrong and so there are going to be days when I have to fully embrace the word of God even when I may not agree with it in my humanity even when I may not understand what he's meaning even when I'm I'm not quite sure where he's going if I just embrace it and fall in love with it and research it in scripture and use the absolute truth to filter 
whatever's going on in my world. There's safety in that. There's safety in, in the fact that the Word of God will keep me from ruining my life. That we live in a world full of temptations, but if I've got the Word of God in front of me, then the Word of God can rise up within me and will keep me from making silly decisions and stupid mistakes and detrimental circumstances and so on and so forth. And it's, there is safety in sound doctrine. So we don't just take one Scripture and we don't just cherry-pick this and that and, and, and try to, to build our lives just based upon... Uh, one verse. I mean, what if the one verse that somebody picked was that Jesus wept? Jesus did, wasn't meaning for us to just walk around crying all the time, but if I was cherry-picking verses, then that would be the doctrine that I would present. And so I have to look at it in context. And there's safety in sound doctrine. So much so that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, we read that there is coming a day when there is a wicked one that shall be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. They will be miracles. But they are not godly. With all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth. What is he preaching about? What is he talking about? He's preaching about the Antichrist. He's preaching about the end of time, that this Antichrist will be presented in such a way that people will fall in love with him. Why? Because they had not a love of the truth. The love of truth will keep you saved. And in 2 Thessalonians, the, the writer is saying that when they don't, when people don't have a love for truth, then they are opening themselves to every evil imagining. They are opening themselves up to deception, to the deceivableness of unrighteousness. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they may... All be damned who believe not the truth. Truth will save me. Truth will save me. The Word of God has all of the answers to all of life's problems. It truly does. You, your, your problem might be something so silly in, in, in your own mind, and you think, you know what, there's no way that the Word of God would have the answer to that. It, it may not have it in black and white or red, but it has it in the spirit of it. That In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father, that Jesus Christ is the physical embodiment of the, the thoughts and the ideas and the passions of, of himself. And so he is the answer to everything that we have need of. There's safety in the word of God. First John chapter 2 and verse 15 says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Again, he's not talking about 
people. He's not talking about humanity. He's talking about the fallen systems of an evil world. When sin entered into the world, it became evil. It was not created that way, but sin began to wreak havoc. Sin began to wreak havoc. And so John is saying, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father. Every sin imaginable falls under those three categories. It's not of the Father, but it's of the world. The world passes away and the lusts thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Does that mean I'm going to live forever on the earth? No, it doesn't, but it means that it secures my eternal salvation. It secures eternal life. It secures my place in the kingdom of God. And the world passes away. The lust passes away. The sin passes away. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And so, little children, it is the last time, he says. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists. It was a spirit that was prevalent in his world. It's a spirit that's prevalent in our world. Anything that doesn't draw me closer to God is pulling me away from God. That's anti-Christ. Anything that is opposed to my relationship with God, the vices of this world are anti-Christ. It's trying to separate me from the lover of my soul. And he is the lover of my soul. He loved me so much he gave his very life for me. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And by his stripes I am healed. He loved me. And we love him not because we first loved him and so he'll love us back. But we love him because... Because he first loved us. And the one who is love loved me first. Otherwise, I could not love him. There's a spirit that wants to drive you away from God. It's a spirit that will try to get you to settle for less. It's a spirit that will say, you know what? If you just show up to church every once in a while, you can still feel the presence of God. You know, you still feel those goosebumps. Hair on your arms still stand up. And you're doing okay. But that's not the life that God has for you and I. He's saying, I want you to live in my presence. I'm not saying that you're going to walk around feeling like you're levitating off the ground on some spiritual plane all the time. But it's the kind of life that when things start falling apart, I know where to run. That I have an understanding he's as close as the mention of his name. And that I'm living my life to the best of my ability to keep things out of the way. I'm, I'm keeping my own desires out of the way. I'm, I'm not perfect at it. I'm, not, I'm never going to be perfect, but I'm making an effort. I want to keep as much junk out of the way. I don't want him to have to try to break through my my 
addictions and and this and that. I don't want him to have to try to break through my habits and try to break through my worldliness and try to break through my sin. I want to live as close to him as possible. I want to live the kind of life that when God needs somebody to pray, he doesn't have to look twice. He can just say, hey, I need you to get up and I'm up. I need I need somebody to pray and I'm, I'm there. I'm praying. I want to live that kind of life. That's the kind of thing that God wants for you and I. That God wants to be able to work through us and, and in us and for us and by us that God wants us to be his hands to be his feet here on this present world in this present world the safety and sound doctrine it's more than just getting me out of hell there is still a heaven and there is still a hell doesn't matter what the world says that will never change there is eternal reward and there is eternal damnation Little children, it's the last time. As you've heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. We know we're getting closer. The farther away from God that the world gets, the closer we are to His second coming. They went out from us, but they were not of us. John is saying that that worldliness was more than just external behavior. It started in the heart. It started in the the innermost beings. He said, for if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. There were teachers among them. There were those among them that, that they thought were living for God, but somewhere along the way, they did not get a love for the Word of God. Because when you get a love for the Word of God, it doesn't matter what God asks of you. It is never too much. It is never too much. He gave His life for me. What, what, is, what is too much for me? What is too much for me? We're going to preach about it tonight, so you're going to act surprised tonight. But when he, when he ascended, he ascended from the Mount of Olives, and he told them, go tarry ye in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. That led them to Pentecost. The Mount of Olives was a Sabbath day's journey from Jerusalem. We were talking about it yesterday in the van ride home. It was about three quarters of a mile. The Sabbath day was a day when they should not have done any hard labor. And so Jesus was not commanding them to go do some great feat. He said, you just take a casual stroll. He said, I've made it easy to live for me. It's not a hardship to live for God. He said, they went out from us, but they were not of us. Let me tell you, God's got big plans for your life. God has big plans for your life and, and it, it, it comes with a love when, when you begin to, you begin to love the Word of God. And maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I love the Word of God. Man, we're on the right track. Let's keep loving the Word of God. Let's, let's get closer to God than we've ever been before. I'm telling you today, there is safety in the Word of God. There's safety in drawing nigh unto God because the Bible says He draws nigh unto me. The more, the closer I get to Him, 
the more diligent I become to draw closer to my God, the more he draws nigh unto me, the more he comes closer to me, and the safer I am until we read in Psalm 91 that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now that's pretty close. He's likening it unto a bird that gathers her her, her hens or her chicks underneath her wings and, and it's protected from the things of the world. It was years ago there was a fire in the Yellowstone National Park. Park rangers began to walk through after the fire was contained. And they saw there on the ground the charred remains of a bald eagle. And they thought it awkward. They thought it strange because a bald eagle would typically just take off, fly. We, we know they fly above storms. They, we know they, they begin to soar and they're, they're not typically concerned about the weather systems and they're not typically concerned about natural disasters. They just fly. They just soar. They just get above it. So why would this bald eagle have stayed on the ground? Not even in her nest, but on the ground. And so they went over to investigate. And as they began to move the charred remains of this bald eagle, they began to hear pipping. And it's pipping is the noise that chicks make. And as they moved the charred remains of that eagle, her brood, her babies, had been underneath her. She had gathered them close. And she gave her life so that they might live. She protected them from singing the fire. She protected them from feeling the heat. And she could have easily been so self-centered she just soared above. But her babies couldn't fly. Parents, your, your babies don't know how to traverse this world. You and I don't really know how to traverse this world. And so what we can do is we can gather our children and we can say, listen kids, we're going to church. Listen kids, we're going to Bible study. I know that it would be easy to just go hide in a hole somewhere and it, it would be easy just to, to pull ourselves in and, and, and not go out and just isolate ourselves and so on and so forth. But, but we got to get to the presence of God. And, and, and I imagine in my mind the, 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 the word imagery that the Bible uses, he, he gathers his children underneath his wings. And, and I can see as the heat and the fires of the world begin to rage and the chaos breaks out and, and things are falling apart in the world. There's wars and rumors of wars. He said, don't be afraid of that. Just know I'm on your side. Know that we're getting closer. We're, we're getting close. It's not a time for us to just casually live for God. It's the, but it's a time to fall in love with the things of God. It's, it's time to draw closer to Him. It's time for us to come into His presence and allow Him to, to pull us close. And, and sometimes we might fight, God, I, I, it's dark in here. I can't hardly breathe. I, I wonder what was going through those baby eaglets' minds. Mom, I can't breathe. Mom, you're suffocating me. Mom, just give me some room to wiggle. Give me some. No, I'm not. i, I got to hold you close because you can't see what's going on out here. You, but there's safety underneath her wings. There 
there's safety when I come into the house of God and I'm gathered into his presence. I can lift my hands and close my eyes and, and forget about what's going on in my world and just get close to him and dwell in his presence and I can feel the safety and the peace and the comfort and the joy that comes. Is there safety in the word of God? There's safety in his presence. There's safety in the house of God. They went out from us. They were not of us. If they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. They didn't fall in love with sound doctrine. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 1, and I'm close to being done. Solomon writes, Hear, ye children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. You make up your mind. You're not just going to hear his words. I don't want to just read his word. I want to strive for understanding. He said, For I give you good doctrine. Forsake ye not my law. Fall in love with it. Fall in love with it. Having faith in God, having faith that there is a God, is a great first step. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. But it goes on. That it doesn't end with faith. But he's also a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When I put some effort in to seek him, when I put some effort in to understand his word, I will never wrap my mind completely around who God is and what God is, but, but that means that I, I never have to stop trying. I never have to stop seeking knowledge. I never have to stop seeking understanding. I don't have to stop praying. There's not going to be a day that comes where I say, you know what, I know everything that there is to know about God. Now I, I, don't, I don't have anything else to pray about. I don't have anything else to learn. I don't have anything else to connect with God about because when I'm praying. I don't just want to bring my needs to God. I want him to be able to impart into me. I want him to be able to share his identity with me. I want to learn about him. I want to know about him, but I also want to know him. Isaiah 28 and verse 9 says, whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breasts. He's saying at some point, there comes a point in time where just attending church is not enough. Just coming in and enjoying the music and enjoying the preaching is not enough. That I have to come in and and, 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 and just sitting on a pew is, is not enough. I, I want to get involved. I, I want to get closer to God. I, I want to pray a little bit more than I've ever prayed before. I, I want to learn more. I, I, I want to go through a Bible study. Let's, let's meet every week and let's, let's talk privately about, about the Word of God. Let's learn together. There's, there's coming a point where, where Isaiah the prophet is saying, you know, God's got some things out there for you, but, but you got to determine, I, I want to upgrade. 
I mean, baby formula was great. It got me started. But honey, I ain't living off a of baby formula. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. You don't get this big off a of baby formula. You get this big off of oatmeal cream pie. You get this big off a of steak. You get this big off a of carrot cake and a sugar cookie. Hello. You get this big off of asparagus and mashed potatoes. Oh, I'm thinking about Baker Street right now. Mm. And as you saw. Thank you, Jesus. You get this big off of roast beef and hot peppers and Italian sausage. He said there's coming a point where just like babies, you're not satisfied just scooting across the ground. I mean, everybody thinks it's cute. Little chunky legs hanging out. But honey, if I had walked in here today in a diaper, yeah, your mind just went there. Sorry about that. And I was just scooting across the floor as a 32-year-old man. You'd have me committed. Yeah, with the chunky legs. Those rolls aren't cute anymore. <laughs> when it's a baby and you can't see the baby's kneecaps, oh, look at that. And that ain't cute anymore. <laughs> Scooting across the floor is not cute anymore. Man, Brother Michael and I were in the, that breakfast room last night putting in trim and quarter round. And I, I had told him a few minutes earlier, I said, man, you know this floor looks so good. You know what I want to do? I just want to belly slide across it. So I was down at the other end of the 12-foot piece, and he needed me to look at something. And I was already on my knees, Sister Kim, so I figured it was pretty safe. So I moved the air hose out of the way, and I just dove. I didn't as well as I had before. That was more like a, uh. He said, that didn't feel very good, did it? I said, no, it wasn't nearly as fun as I thought. I went from penguin to elephant seal real quick. But at some point, I got to grow up. At some point, the things that I did as a baby just don't make sense anymore. I mean, if you saw me gnawing on the pulpit because I was cutting teeth, that'd be a little weird. We don't think twice about it with a baby. I saw a little boy at men's conference. He was trying to reach up on the greeter station to grab something, and that kid up that greeter station and just like was levitating on it. I'm just looking at him and the life said, man, he does that all the time. Let's stand this morning. But if I was to go up and do something like that, it'd be weird. John said, you know, there's coming a day when we're going to grow up. I want to grow up spiritually. I don't want to just barely get by. I'm, I'm not okay with just coming for the loaves and the fish and just coming for what God can do for me. I'm not coming just to, to feel the goosebumps and, and, and the chills and, and to feel His presence, but I want to dig in to the Word of God. I want to mature. I want to grow. I want to become. Matthew chapter 7. And verse 21 says, not everyone, this is Jesus himself in the flesh speaking. 
Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. It came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. He said, if you'll hear the word of God and do it, you're not building your house on the sand. You're not building your house on the philosophies of the world. Would there ever shifting trends and fads that are so like a foundation made of sand that when the waves come and the winds blow they're easily eroded and washed away he said you're going to be like a wise man built his house upon a rock another another recording of that same parable said that the winds came and the waves crashed but the wise man's house stood firm there's safety and sound doctrine I wonder today if we could all make our way up here to the front and, and just lift our hands and just say, God, I want to draw closer to you. God, I want to be closer to you than I've ever been before. God, I want everything that you have for me. Lord, I thank you for what you've done so far in my life. But God, I want more. I want to get closer to you. I don't want to be satisfied. Lord, I 